Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today, we've got a skin-deep conversation that's sure to leave a mark with UK tattoo aftercare brand Stories & Ink. Did you know that one in three UK adults has a tattoo? How about one in five Americans? Tattoo aftercare is a booming industry, and Stu Jolly, CEO and founder of Stories & Ink, is taking full advantage. Join Stu and Nathan Thompson as we examine their interesting strategies like investing in SEO, You'll actually hear Nathan's full content process for how he's growing that, going deep on content and artist collabs, as well as investing in training creators to become TikTok famous to in turn grow your brand. And if you check us out on YouTube, you'll even see Stu's most embarrassing tattoo, as well as my mustache. I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. On with the show. There's a lot of D2C brands that try to grow at all costs, this boom or bust model. And I think that's where the mistakes come is when you're running so quickly that you can't come up for air or, or just put the pause button, right? Because your sales are coming in every minute, every hour, and it feels like this constant race. And I think um, for me personally, it's uh, the, the tortoise wins the race and doing things effectively, methodically, giving the team time to really work through these issues and, and come up with best in class solutions. So. I'm not gonna lie, we've made a ton of mistakes along the way, but usually it's because we're trying to run too quickly. So um, I I think that's probably my only bit of advice is, is the tortoise always wins the race. Wrong size, wrong color, didn't look right in the living room? There are hundreds of reasons your customers return products, but returns don't have to be goodbyes. They can be an opportunity to complete the shopping experience. Built exclusively for Shopify, Loop lets you create a delightful return experience to attract and retain more customers. By making it easy for your customers to find products they love, they'll come back again and again. See why thousands of Shopify brands like Allbirds, Chubbies, and Brooklinen trust Loop as their return partner at loopreturns.com DTC. Stu, Nathan, welcome to the D2C podcast. Stu, let's start with the why. Why did you build Stories and Ink? Cool. Good to meet you, uh, Eric. I think from from our side, uh, we started Stories and in Ink really to address a consumer group that had had never really been spoken to. For me personally, uh, and and my business partner Cy Forster, who's got a ton of tattoos, we looked at a space that was was largely just selling aftercare products within tattoo parlors. And for us, um, we saw a much bigger opportunity to to take tattoo care into a broader offering into into skincare and, and beauty. And I think the, the other thing for us, that the big why was that the, these aftercare brands were predominantly sort of white male. And, and for us, we, we saw, again, a space where women weren't being spoken to. And uh, our team now is, is kind of predominantly females with, within Stories and Inc. And for, for us, it was about getting a content mix and I suppose, yeah, speaking to a much wider wider group of people. I think at the best of times, tattoo studios can be quite intimidating places. And what we've tried to do as a brand is create a safe space uh, that allows everyone to come and get tattooed and then obviously go on that journey of, of looking after the tattoos uh, from start to finish. So for us, the, the big why was uh, was making sure that we built a brand that was gender neutral. But I think the second point around product was nobody was doing long-term tattoo care. So these tattoos are on your skin for life, right? So 
having just an aftercare product that looks after the tattoo for the first two weeks wasn't good enough for us. And so we, we formulated and developed a range that would uh, look after the vibrancy definition and I suppose, yeah, the, the quality of the link long after it's healed. So for us, we kind of created a new category, which was long-term tattoo skincare. Very cool. You're speaking to someone who needs the product. I, I got a tattoo in 2003 uh, on uh, Kaosan Road in Bangkok, and I did not properly take care of it. Uh, and it's actually a tattoo of an unwavering band of light, but it's actually very much wavering now. And everyone just thinks I have a small cut on my ankle. Yeah, uh, don't don't let it don't let it fade. We'll we'll send you some products in the post. I'm gonna have to get it touched up, so I'll definitely be using that that after. Where are we at in the tattoo the global tattoo phenomenon right now? For sure. So from a data perspective, one in three people in the UK have a tattoo, one in five in the US. It's not as small a category as you would expect. It's it's booming. Uh, and for us, it's kind of, yeah, the, the, the big players in the skincare categories uh, chose to ignore this consumer group, which is why we, we chose to dive in. Um, it, it was a big enough audience group for us to go after and, and talk to. And it's such a sticky community. Uh, people who have tattoos, live and breathe it, right? If they're not in the chair getting a tattoo, they're planning their next one. Very cool. So Stu, at this point in the in the phase of the company, what is, what's your main role? I'm kind of managing director and co-founder. We, we have a, a trading business called The Others Beauty Co., which is a brand house that we, we have Stories and Ink as brand one, but our kind of goals and aspirations are to launch a number of other brands that speak to these consumer groups that, that aren't being spoken to. And that's why we chose Tattoo as, as kind of that launch platform brand. And my role really is, I suppose, to set the vision and the course uh, of, of the business and brand to really understand the consumer behavior, the community that, that we're speaking to. And I'm kind of a bit more like the Willy Wonka of formulation. So I love rolling up my sleeves and, and cooking up new products uh, that, that will serve this market. So for me, it's, it's more of a kind of, a vision role, uh, but also making sure that we're building a, a best-in-class team, which is uh, which is where Nathan uh, comes in. Very cool, Nathan. You're the growth marketing lead. Talk about your role. Yeah, that's right. So I come from a digital marketing background, having covered most channels in about ten years now. So joined the business about six months ago. I look after everything from email through to SEO. We're kind of moving into newer channels now, which I'll talk about a bit more, like affiliates and really ramping up PR. So everything growth related that falls under my remit. So what has been the biggest growth driver of the last year? I mean, if we take the year to date versus the previous year, in terms of channel split, um, it goes in order of paid social, email, and our kind of Clavio flows, organic search and paid search. Um, to give you an idea about the biggest performer there, year to date, paid search increased by about 16% in the spend, and that drove a 26% lift in revenue. So. Generally, we're trying to diversify our marketing mix away from just paid channels. Um, Stu could talk a little bit about our experiences with Meta recently and why that's even more of a priority. Yeah, the, the, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have had a little bit of a fight with Meta, but for us, it's um, is, is building that omni-channel model that that still serves our .com, but really, you know, it's I think a lot of it's understanding where where your consumer lives and breathes these types of products and, and where they choose to shop. And for us, uh, Tattoo Studios, not only is kind of the the safe haven for people going to get new ink, but it's also where they are discussing their next tattoo. It's talking with tattoo artists about what aftercare steps they should be taking. So for us, a lot of our investment and time 
is understanding those relationships at a studio level, but also making sure that there's opportunities to, to leapfrog those conversations and bring people back to our .com, whether it's through physical sampling or engaging the artists on, on a scale-up model, which we'll go into detail in a bit. Yeah, I'm just interested on that model. Is that more of a sales role then when you're actually kind of going out and sort of inside sales at all these different artists and shops? Yeah, I mean, it's it's our customer journey is that, you know, everybody starting with a fresh tattoo needs needs our aftercare products. And then our long-term skincare products is more um, that feels kind of a retention play, but a real need in that, you know, tattoos do fade over time. So for us, the aftercare space is that first conversation. And it's so important to get right because what you need are the trust signals like any D2C brand. Where, where are these these flags that you can wave and say, look, we're, we're, you know, we've put so much time and effort into formulations. We've put lots and lots of work into how this product should, should heal that tattoo. So for us, the, the first point is delivering wholesale. So making sure our wholesale channel and, and selling into these studios. But equally, uh, the, the tattoo artists working with them um, and letting them tell their stories and making sure... I suppose we do it authentically. That, that's something which we really hold on to as a brand is having an authentic voice. Um, and any brand or DC brand um, with a com- community first approach has to be authentic, right? Otherwise, it will get rejected by that community. Let's talk about that. So you actually, are you talking about building this into your content marketing then, Nate? Like, are you actually building these stories directly into all your ads, like stories of the artists themselves? For sure. I mean, what we've got is what we call the artist universe, where we're actually developing specific artist series kits with individual artists. The next step for that is we want to develop this on site as each artist having almost like their own content platform on our site. So it's not just about the custom kits with the kind of um, flash sheets and stuff like that. It is also giving them a really unique place on our site where they can have their favorite selection. They can have art that they're working on at that given time. As Stu said, the name comes with stories in ink that we want to actually tell individual artists and as well kind of, you know, relevant influencers in our space tell their stories. So interesting. Do you whitelist or dark post with these uh, handles yet? Because I can imagine that'll be a major uh, growth valve for you. Yeah, that's something we're doing more recently, actually. So as Stu said, we we work with a number of influencers in the space, but also we find that the tattoo artists themselves have so much weight in terms of their following and in terms of specific kind of categories, depending on the types of tattoos that they're famous for. So whitelisting is something that we're doing more recently, and we're already seeing impressive results from that. That's super cool. Yeah, you have and you have a product that's born of such authenticity because it's so physical. You know, literally, it's this ordeal that that people are kind of putting themselves through for for art and uh, for this representation. So it's like then they're handed this thing that's sort of like, okay, this is going to fix you up after the fact. So you're kind of starting that relationship on a really good term, eh, Stu? Yeah, for sure. That, that, that early relationship is so important to us, making sure that we provide the education, I think, as, as kind of that early stage funnel is education is key. So for us, it's, you know, people might not truly understand what actually happens during the tattoo process, how much damage is, is incurred, and then obviously what to do to, to keep that tattoo fresh and obviously ensure that it has, has a quick and, and effective healing process. So for us, we've, we invest a lot of time in, in that kind of education phase. And I know for a lot of DTC brands, conversion is, is uh, such a drug and, and moving towards high converting pages. But for us, we, we take a little bit more of a relaxed approach and really make sure that learning phase is, um, is delivered. 
it, I just back to the influence. It's such an, it's such a great strategy because it's like, it gives them, I was just talking with a friend of mine who runs a music business. And so he lives on streams and, but when his artists do things on TikTok that go well on TikTok, it just blows up his streams and it's just, it's direct to consumer music. You guys are, are the same way where it's such an interesting thing to watch tattoos being done. Like there's whole subcultures based on it. Right. So you give these artists the tools and sort of push them into like becoming creators and then you give them, they're going to become famous artists and get endless business from that. But then you'll also give them the side revenue of being able to sell as an affiliate, I imagine, Stories in Ink. Correct. It's, it's kind of like dual purpose marketing where everyone wins. And I think for us, it's, it's, that's always been our approach is that we have to build a marketing model that takes care of the community, but also takes care of these artists who are the gatekeepers to, to our audience. So uh, if they're growing, we're growing. So it's, it's a real mutual relationship that we, we respect, I suppose, from start to finish. Very cool. Nate, digging in on paid social right now, what, what's working on the paid social side of things? This is a conversation that we're having constantly. Um, as you can imagine, with a brand like ours, where people are using the product in a very visual way, UGC is a huge part of what we do and really feeds into our top of funnel. Something that's interesting in this space that works really well is this kind of like gross out type video. So real close-ups of flaky skin, close-ups of the redness right after the tattoos, Everything from kind of really inflamed tattoos through to the before and afters, we find are by far and away our top performers. Just deadly hooks. That's such a good opportunity to be able to have that. Exactly. I, I bring this up on the podcast all the time because we have this this company that's working with uh, Pilot House that's called Songfinch, and they they you know Songfinch they, they you record a song for someone and then they reveal all their ads are just reveals of the songs. So the same thing would work for you guys. The reveal of the tattoo kind of thing after the fact would be I think really effective as well. Hundred percent, and we find actually within these particular ads on paid social, working with real customers and customers that we have an existing relationship with versus influencers is actually delivering a better lift at the moment. Are there any undervalued channels that you see as like dark horses for the coming years that you think like, oh, as you get more frustrated with Meta, you may see more budget going into? Yeah, I mean we're allocating a lot more resource since I've came on board to SEO, so. We're seeing at the moment around 12 to 15% of the revenue that we're driving is coming from organic. My background was originally in SEO and I've seen brands deliver anything from kind of 30 to 40% from organic. So we're doubling down in this content engine at the moment. We've onboarded a couple of new writers actually in the past fortnight. And really we're aiming to get kind of four real high quality articles and interviews up on our site every week. So really ramping up. And does that include the content of the, the artists themselves? Or is this all more general SEO stuff? Oh, we're doing a lot by ways of interviews, um, also kind of trending topics. Like the beauty of the writers that we work with is they're very much entrenched within the tattoo community, within studios. So we find out interesting topics, things like countries where tattoos are outlawed, countries where tattoos are taboo, um, everything through to like new pain relief patches um, that are coming into the market. So not only does the content actually become informative and educational for users, but also it, it will perform and sort of inform our product roadmap in the future as well. People love uh, when people, we talk SEO on the show because it's just sort of counter to the regular performance marketing shtick that we always have. Just can you talk a little bit about, you know, you said you have some background in content. Like what, what tools are you using? Like a thumbnail sketch what your actual strategy looks like and how you're doing it. Sure. So from the ideation process, we actually start off with a kind of editorial meeting every month where 
we get together with our copywriters, with our video team, and we're discussing what's actually going on in the industry. From there, usually the ideation process comes from myself, Stu, and our creative director, Mikkel. And what we're doing is we're looking through SEMrush particularly for trending topics or topics with high volume and sort of a keyword difficulty that we can compete on. And then the next phase of that is, is a really detailed content brief process that I've developed over a few years where everything from kind of headings to subheadings through to anchor text, through to links to related articles on the site becomes really important. The next step for us in terms of content, which we've maybe not done so well in the past is we're trying to drive revenue directly from those blog articles. So with our site redesign that's coming soon, that's going to be the next phase of actually getting a better lift of revenue from those posts. Very cool. People love it. And it's, it, it, you're still investing in it, right? It's still going to be a channel that you continually have to invest in. Like it's, hiring those writers isn't going to be cheap all your time going into that, but it's the kind of thing that can just build and, and, and grow over time. We've had um, some really surprising runaway successes. Everyone tells you SEO takes three to six months. You'll hear this from every agency, but what we found is there's the odd time we just absolutely hit the nail on the head. One piece that's performed really well recently, we only published it, I think three weeks ago, uh, is why did my tattoos look patchy? It's a common problem. We're giving users a really authentic solution, also from artists in the space that they respect and their tips. So. It's pieces like that become runaway successes even beyond what we would have expected. What about backlinks? What are you doing on the backlinking side of things? Yeah, so again, we've we've sort of um, historically relied on, I think, natural pickup really, Stu, it would be fair to say. In the past couple of months, we've engaged a, a really good beauty PR agency that, that focus on skincare. So the acquisition strategy, we're looking to get into those how-to guides. We're looking to get into best x cream for tattoo healing those kind of articles and um, further down the line we are going to work with some of the influencers and in studios that we know have a really good following to then have more editorial style content that we seed out to press Oh, I love it. I, the, the trend of brands becoming content engines is just only going to continue um, as just people need that other authentic way to connect to your brand other than through constantly having to reacquire them through through ads. That kind of like idea comes from the top, too. like just sort of really you, you mentioned earlier about this idea of this self-supporting community that markets itself. That's kind of what we're looking to build. And I also think it's really important that Whilst uh, Nathan's setting some really, really strong editorial workflows, actually it works two ways. We've, we've split our marketing into one half editorial, one, t one side social team. And what we're seeing is the social team will find amazing artists, influencers that, that they're working on video content with, that then suddenly there's this beautiful blog that can be created, that can sit on site and live forever. And then on the other side, to, to flip things, we have our editors who are finding the most amazing stories and then suddenly we see how amazing these tattoos look and suddenly our, our uh, social team are like, we need to interview, we need to create video. So they play off each other, they inspire each other. And that's, I suppose, the, the storytelling element of our brand uh, really starts to come to life when we've got both teams working uh, coherently together. iOS 14.5 
The infamous Apple update left D2C brands struggling to find and market to the right audiences. That's why hundreds of D2C brands are turning to Black Crow AI to boost their holiday marketing. Their plug-and-play machine learning technology measures in real time every visitor's likelihood to buy. You can then use these predictions to build predictive audiences for retargeting and prospecting. In short, Black Crow AI can significantly boost ROAS by helping you specifically target people who will actually want to buy from you. Find out why brands like Magic Spoon, Barabee, and Liquid IV are using Black Crow AI to supercharge their holiday marketing efforts. Visit blackcrow.ai slash DTC to request a 30-day free trial. Back to product a little bit. I love in just doing the research, I saw Stories and Inc. and then sort of telescoping out to the more of the holding company, the others, Beauty Co. When it comes to launching new products, which I, you probably can't divulge too much info on, are you looking to category create again? Or are you going to be, now that you have the category creating kind of foothold, are you going to look to expand to more traditional skincare lines? No, no. So we, um, for us, it's about, we, we always start with behavior. So I've, I know for a fact with some big companies, it can take years and years to bring a product to market, so much market research, and you just, um, good ideas usually fall away because they, they get stopped by, I don't know, either too much data or, or too much time on the project. For us, it's about speed. It's about um, working on gut instinct, but also really understanding the need set of this customer group. So for Stories in Ink, we actually launched our long-term skincare because that's where we saw the opportunity. We, we said there's a lot of aftercare brands out there trying to heal the first two weeks, but there is nobody out there looking after a tattoo that's three years old. So for us, we sit with the behavior side of things first and then build build either a product range or brand around that. So for us, it's very much, um, there's a huge runway for, for new products in Stories in Ink. We've got splinter categories that we can go into that still kind of sits within tattoo care. You know, you've got cosmetic tattoos um, and lots of other opportunities. But yeah, looking into brand number two, um, it's it's identifying again that consumer group that aren't being spoken to. So yeah, there's a really set approach and um, a lot of it is applying common sense, but also thinking outside the box, what what's not been done before. Back to the website, Nate, you mentioned that you guys, I'm just on the website right now, and it's a beautiful looking website. It's fairly bare bones, I guess. I'm interested to know what is the impetus for changing your website and what do you hope to accomplish with it? I guess what we would call website 2.0 has actually been quite an iterative process. Uh, Our creative director, Mikkel, is an absolute visionary in terms of coining these new ideas and, and taking them through quickly to execution. So the first phase of this was launching our new nav, which you can see. And really the idea behind that was we were previously presenting all of our products as one kind of uniform set between aftercare and long-term care. We've now split that into two collections, which is immediate aftercare and long-term skincare. So there's a customer education piece there of new customers arriving at the site and going, hold on, I don't need aftercare. I've had this 20-year-old tattoo. I need something that really delivers brightness and, and vividness again. And then there's those people who are arriving at Stories Nick for the first time and want to be educated through the aftercare process. The next sort of step, we've launched an updated cart in the last few months, which you can see there. So much like some other kind of players in the DTC space, we've got those incentives to increase the basket size. So spending extra- Gamified a little bit. Exactly right, yeah. Um, For us, we saw a lot of carts that were doing this, but they were really boring and kind of ugly. So 
we've tried to get a cart that is actually fun to use and looks good while remaining on brand. Um, that was absolutely key to the kind of upsell and cross-sell process. Here's a question for you, Stu. What's the uh, the biggest mistake or painful lesson that you've learned besides getting a tribal tattoo on your back? <laughs> I was going to say start. I was going to say starting a business because I'm sure there's a lot of founders listening that would would vouch it's uh, there, there's ups and downs. But I think the yeah the the biggest mistake. I mean yeah there, there was a a tattoo I got when I was 18 that is firmly in in the mistake bracket now. Oh, no. uh, but I think I think for 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 me we. We wanted to get the product launched quickly and with that comes teething problems in production. So we, we had a care kit that, you know, looked really pretty, housed five of our products, but as soon as it went in the, the mail, the courier's van, the car tray uh, would tear. So we had, you know, an issue times a thousand suddenly become slightly bigger issue and um, we had to rectify it pretty quickly. But for us now, um, I mean, there's a lot of DTC brands that try to grow at all costs, this boom or bust model. And I think that's where the mistakes come is when you're you're running so quickly that you can't come up for air or, or just put the pause button, right? Because your sales are coming in every minute, every hour, and it feels like this constant race. And I think um, for me personally, it's uh, the, the tortoise wins the race uh, and doing things effectively, methodically giving Nathan and the team time to really work through these issues and, and come up with best-in-class solutions. So I'm not going to lie, we've made a ton of mistakes along the way, but usually it's because we're trying to run too quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably my only bit of advice is, is the tortoise always wins the race. I think you've, you've, you've had it on both sides because you have a bias towards action as a company, which I think is super important in this space, but that you, you can take it slow or that. So what does that mean for Q4, I guess, is my question. What does that mean in Q4, which is the time where everyone's throwing all their guns at the wall? What does that, what does that mentality mean in Q4? Q4 is about being organized. So any, any offers, creative uh, concepts are signed off way, way in advance so that the team aren't pulling their hair out uh, come come November and, and December. I think for us, it's about, un again, understanding our customer and what they want around that Christmas period. So being the alter almost like an alternative gift guide is kind of our proposition that, you know, you receive a lot of bath and body products at Christmas, but then suddenly if you've got a tattooed partner, friend um, or, or relative, you can offer them something that's way more personalized and feels way more genuine. So I think tattooed people really, really appreciate that when they receive a gift that, that's built for them. So I think, yeah, offering that personalization over Q4 is really important for us. And obviously making sure that, that pay channels and, and um, you know, our organic is, is coming to life with, with best in class content. Nate, what are you looking forward to in, uh, in Q4 with, with your hands on the tools? I mean, we're working really hard with PR at the moment to get in those key alternative gift guides that Stu mentions. Gifting is key. Um, I think, yeah, yeah 100%. We, we've also put in place, to be honest with you, some really boring side of the processes where we're getting a lot better at integrating project management tools, planning a month ahead as opposed to planning you know, a week ahead with some of the content. And that's already paying dividends with giving everyone a kind of streamlined process so they know exactly which wheelhouse they fit into. What I would say as well, in terms of initiatives that we're launching, we're looking a lot at loyalty and refer a friend at the moment, which is something that I've seen historically work really, really well for clients like Maud and Actonacre. So that's what we're reviewing this week. But we're also mindful we don't just want to launch a loyalty program for the sake of a loyalty program. 
So what we're doing there is trying to include genuine incentives that our customers will really get behind. Um, ideas that we've had so far are kind of tickets to the biggest tattoo conventions in the UK and the US, trips to our Falmouth studio, which also actually has a tattoo studio within it. Um, and also then we're going to be working with both local and national artists to put on events at the tattoo studio at our HQ, which then we can give early access to as part of our loyalty program. So we see these as really key initiatives in, in keeping people as part of our community and sort of adding a little bit more. You've got that unifying factor of the tattoo community, which is already this sort of strong, stronger knit community, I imagine. It also means that we, ne- we haven't got a huge competitor base, which allows us to have that direct conversation. And like I said, that authentic voice is, is so important. Um, if we can offer a, a Christmas gift that, um, yeah, a tattooed loved one will remember, that, that's kind of our key goal. Uh, not always, uh, you know, volume metrics. Okay, so here's the, here's the 50K question. If I were to give, uh, and may, you guys can each give an answer to this, we'll see if it's different. But if I, if I were to give you 50K in uh, in funding to be used for, let's say, for marketing, growth marketing. Uh, Stu, you go first. Where'd you put it? Okay, so I, I said me and Nathan probably different minds. I'm probably more like the marketing purist. So I would put it 100% all of it into supporting the cause. What are the issues within tattoo culture right now? I We haven't touched upon it that much, but... The industry uh, d- does suffer some things. So for us, it's about giving women a, a voice and choice in the industry. There, there still is a male bias. Um, and for us, our, our kind of driving mission is to be the most inclusive and diverse tattoo care brand out there. So for me, I'd put it into community-led projects. Uh, I would support our artists. I would scale our artists' series kits. They give us incredible reach. I mean, we've got one coming down the track where an artist has 600,000 followers uh, you, you build a shared revenue model, the artist is incentivized, her audience are really keen to get involved and suddenly you do that sort of 10 times over and you've got a really fun, efficient scale, scaling model. So that, that's what I would do. I was just on your, this is your artist collabs page? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and already, that, I think that's that's just genius. And so what do, what do you get that personalizes it from that person? You obviously get the box that's personalized by them. What else goes into that that makes it from them? So we, we, are, we do a limited edition uh, flash poster that's uh, illustrated, commissioned by us that the artist will produce. We work on unique content that, again, is um, bespoke to, to the box we're launching. And then our evolving vision, like Nathan mentioned earlier, the artist universe, it's going to go one level further. So, yeah, you're going to expect merch, lots of add-ons where there's even, even more value you get with, with buying into these artist kits. And it's authentic because, yeah, you, you have the trust of the artist and you have the most amazing content that we can push across all of social anyway. So, yeah, it's a win for the artist and, and win for brand. Do you have uh, – what's your favorite tattoo that you can show? We're trying to grow our YouTube audience. So if you're listening on the podcast, you won't see it. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got a terrible one. I'll show you my, my worst one, which was – so like Nathan, we've got a tattoo studio within our offices. It's the, it's the one behind me. Um, we had our launch party, and I woke up with uh, a little lemon on my ankle with a face on it uh, waving. And, uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> is – it, I mean, it doesn't even look like a lemon, but it's, it's there. So, oh, my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. So we, um, yeah, th- there's been a few mistakes or, uh, or I suppose, yeah, learnings along the way. Mistakes were made. Exactly. Uh, no regrets, though. No regrets. Yeah, I don't know if I should mine in case my mom will be listening to this but when i was 16 which is definitely not legal but we're in ireland here i went for went for a tattoo after a few beers and let's just say it's on an area um below the boxers on my rear (laughs) 
I've got a, a really faded star on there. Oh so my. by far and away the worst tattoo you could, you could fathom. We're breaking the stories on this podcast. I love it. That will offend people's mothers. Um, Dave, our, the president of or the CEO of Pilot House has promised if we hit certain Q4 goals to get a, a Q4 tattoo on his on his rear, I think, if he hits certain goals this year. So uh, we're all rooting for him because that'd be a lot of fun. And then we'll definitely need some aftercare. I'm going to go. This is this is uh, reinvigorated me to get my uh, band of unwavering light uh, fixed up and cared for properly. Um, Got to be wavering into my 40s. Thanks very much, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and yeah, um, from, from our side, yeah, we've, we've learned, I suppose we're only two years in, right? So we've, uh, we've, we've got a lot of learning to go. But um, yeah, our UK market has, has given us all the data and, and I suppose news we needed to, uh, to launch in the US early next year. That's what's okay. That's actually good to clear up. You're, you're in the UK right now. I saw you're not shipping to Canada yet, but launching in the US could be a big deal. What's What's on your radar for that? Are you are you just as fresh to the market in the U.S.? Like, is there are you still have a kind of a lack of competitors out there in the U.S. as well? No, there's there's a couple more. There's one directly in our space, and then there's another that sits more in the aftercare category. I think our our female approach, so making sure that the female consumers looked after, is is kind of our differentiator as as well as product. But we we say more the merrier. The U.S. is a big place. Um, and I think competition is only a good thing. So yeah, for us, we can't wait to get started and um, and get out in the US. That blew my mind. One in three in the UK and one in five. I, I it makes sense. I that definitely like checks out with my friend group. But uh, that's just kind of surprising. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're good tattoos, though, right? Like the lemon on my ankle. There's there's probably a lot of bad ones out there. <laughs> there probably is. This mustache is a tattoo, actually. We're just... <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Strong, uh, so now, n- now everyone has to go check this out on YouTube. Uh, you can go, you can go see some bad tattoos. You can see my bad mustache if you go to our YouTube channel. Also, go to storiesandink.com to check out this awesome product. And do you guys, do you guys care about being reached? Do you want to be because like, we have, we'll have thousands of marketers who are like interested in chatting with you. Is there, is there a place that you would want to be reached? Yeah, d- definitely. I think if info at storiesandink.com, and we can, uh, uh, you know, customer success manager can can either send, send them in to myself or to Nathan, uh, depending on the questions. But yeah, we, we love getting involved in chat, sharing ideas. And um, yeah, we're all on this journey together. So I think there's there's this shared approach between D- DC brands is, is perfect for us. And we're, we're already spitballing on when we can bring our show on the road to London or somewhere in the UK. Maybe it'll be in Belfast and uh, we'll get you guys involved. This is a lot of fun. Cool. Speak soon. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.